You know, it's actually like well themed. If I like to move my mic, I had to move my specific Dota themed hot figurine. It is. Yes. Now we're going to be talking a bit about Dota. Oh, so much about Dota. Anywho, I don't. Do we do the same thing? We do. Everyone can even hear it. It's perfectly fine. You can know that it's my king. Oh, I know. I left it in the last one, specifically where he was fucked it up. Good. I want everyone to know. They do. Alright, uh, before I even do the intro, we're just going to do the sync test, which normally we do, we're not in the same place. But we're in the same place right now, but nonetheless. How else will we know that we're in sync? I prefer Bastard Boys. Why? I didn't, it was just, the joke was there. Yeah, that's fair. Anywho, three, two, one, sync. I'm happy you got it this time. No problem, second time's the shot. Uh, well then. Welcome to another episode of As an RPG, the show where we take characters from shows, movies, and video games, and we took a long time getting back to video games, and turn them into uh, RPG characters. I am your usual host. Your name is? Every time. Every time. Mor- Morgan. <laughs> My name's Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm your usual co-host. Name is Tyrell. What's going on, party people? Podcast people? Out there in the world today. Uh, so if it hasn't been broken, obviously we're gonna be talking about Dota Two, but not just the video game, also the show. It's it's two in one, two Man. things. But yeah, this was a show that was honestly for I think a lot of the entire Dota fan base on that was a long time coming that we just didn't believe it would come, but Valve finally gave in and decided, fine, we will merch ourselves, we will actually expand, advertise ourselves to a wider user base. I've, I've been asking for so long. It's like, please, just make a comic. Sell out. Do something. They did make some comics. They did make some very limited comics and then refused to follow through. Yeah. In fact, the com- the comics were promotional stuff. They never actually made a comic series. Which I don't understand why. But, but... They got around to making a show, and just for you know, you folks, they started with the most boring vanilla character they could possibly do out of all over a hundred Dota main characters. They did, but I'll say they did a good job with it. They did. I had a great time. <laughs> Dota Two Dragon's Blood, definite watch. Also, spoiler warning, warning, warning. Oh yeah. I forgot. I'm like, it usually what happens like we'll start saying spoiler and then remember spoiling. But we did it ahead this time. See, we're getting better at that. Yeah. Can't promise anything for next time though, so don't expect consistency. No, some expect that you can't expect. Like maybe messing up the intro somewhere, somewhere in there, I'll mess it up. Mm-hmm. But I will say like, Dota Two is a game that has so much fucking lore that's kind of always kept in like bits and pieces and not just one consistent like say catalog. Like, uh, it's free advertising, but, like, if you've ever seen, uh, Sir Action Slacks, like, he has an entire, like, YouTube show about, like, the Dota 2 lore and, like, how difficult it is to piece it together. And finally, this show comes out, just giving you hardcore confirmed... How do you say lore? Yeah! <laughs> lore! Yeah! Deep dicking of lore. <laughs> just a sloppy topping of lore. That's what we have here today. Oh, God. The full penetration of lore. <laughs> they go balls deep on it. Uh, 
eight penetrating episode. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, they drill down those details. There's an entire like deluge of uh, puns I can just keep going into, but not this time. So we're gonna talk about Davion and his dicking of like many women in the show. Honestly, it's like a series like uh. I won't then, I'm not saying it takes after, but it definitely reminded me of Castlevania on Netflix. Absolutely. It was an interesting cross between Castlevania, but sometimes the humor beats of, like, a more mature Avatar. Like, not necessarily The Last Airbender, but maybe more, like, certain parts of Korra. Mm-hmm. In terms of either people's mannerisms or just some of the comedy beats. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I would definitely say, like, uh, if you have seen... Netflix's um, Castlevania, then you most definitely be into Dragon's Blood. And I'm happy that they made this series in such a way that it is, like, say, not just appealing towards, like, say, any random Joe coming into seeing it, which, don't get me wrong, it's still good and I think it's inviting to them. But there's also just enough pieces in there to basically show that they know how to actually bring people in. What, what, why, why are you laughing? I'm just thinking about Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Invoker, <laughs> uh, also f- informally known as Carl, is in the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the show also has like just a lot of little bits of the game. Well, not even little bits, like overt pieces of the game that are in there. Like the reveal of like the Gemma True site. Like they really like slow pan that in where it's like, no, no, like, it's important. We need this. Why are they comparing to Green Rock? I, I would never recognize a Green Rock. And then like, Look, you can see the bit. Fuck! It's Demo True Sight! It's been there all along. It was right in my face and I didn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> Just take this gem <laughs> of whatever it does. So, at the very least, like, this series happens to have at least, like, say, some titular characters from the game. While you might see, like, say, some snort snip, short snippets of other characters, whether it be, like, in the intro for a very, very brief amount of time, not actually doing anything. At the very least, there are, like, central characters to the show that, like, have a heavy emphasis on the show. I kind of wish you'd said that, Snort Chippets, as we do have several ships taking place in this here show. <laughs> Just, uh, this harbor's getting docked. Woo-wee! Uh, well, while we can all hope for Marcy in future seasons, it's looking like Davion and Marana will got a shot. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. So at least, like, the main characters we follow happens to be Davion and Marana. Um, two very uh, known characters in the Dota series. And Verona seems to be having, like, say, her, I want to say sidekick, but she feels more like an Alfred, like like a kick-ass butler that's always there who just somehow gives her wisdom if you had to call her, like, a Batman-like. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, like, calling, like, Marcy a sidekick's not fair. It's not, but I understand, you know, she's on the other side. Someone to kick her in shape. Yeah. Marcy's a new character brought into the series that um, is a mute, as far as we know, but just never says anything, but is very expressive. And she's also very capable, uh, both in combat and seemingly in uh, just about everything. Wisdom, uh, knowledge, even just having common sense, even being like the person who gets straight to the point in the conversation without even saying anything. Well, that's... Yes, that's, that is the way she communicates, yes. Yeah. 
don't know why. For some reason, I, I because I got all the comment, but like some of the weird conversations. I bet she would give a great hand job. I bet she would. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even totally sure I went there. It just happened, like, arbitrarily. I mean, earlier, we were discussing, so, like, <laughs> in this Dota universe, I mean, we're here now. Uh, are, do people have, like, condoms? And I was trying to not to imagine, like, a dragon skin condom. Because the guy was like, I've got dragon everything. I've got dragon this, and dragon this, and a dragon skin condom. I was waiting for him to say it. But I'm oh, like, what do you mean, like, I have a dragon armor, a dragon sword, dragon, like, a chair. Dragon condoms, dragon after pills. Yes, everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. And it's like, I just, I'm curious in this world of magic, but like kind of specific magic and also gods and goddesses, but seemingly very, very personable, like, or at least personified gods and goddesses. Like they're not omniscient clouds. Mm-hmm. They're, no, they're just Yes, they're <laughs> people you can go to their temple and talk to them personally. Yes. Or they can show up at your house and fuck you shit up. Uh, uh, and part of the reason that we bring it up is that there's a, another new character in this series named Fimrin, who seems to be one of like the elves who, uh, funny enough, happens to have served a god that seems to have been either a rival or the predecessor of Marana and also Luna, another main character in the series, goddess Salamene. To which I was not expecting to get so much information on the religion in this series. We got a ton of it. They just honed in. It's like, actually, we're going to hear a lot about Selimene. And Mene. What? Mm-hmm. And there were a number of guesses as to what the Mene is, but like at least during this show, like, uh, part of what seems to be the plot and also the conflict is Davion happens to have uh, discovered, like say, the Eldworm, Slyrax, uh, who was in a conflict against, like, say, what seems to be, like, the demon in the shadows, the secret antagonist, Terrorblade, who also gets some screen time in this sh- series. It seems that he has some kind of, like, plan and, and like, is pretty much uh, putting the machinations together. And Slyrex was a character who was initially going to stop, like, say, one of them when uh, Terrorblade possessed a dragon. And uh, Darian happened to be there at the time, and as a result... Uh, they foiled at least some portion of his plan, but then also absorbed Slyrax into him through some kind of alternate plan that Slyrax had to avoid having his soul sto- stolen. In the meantime, you also have Hirana, who's trying to find the lost lotuses of Selimene that uh, Fimrin stole. And it seems the reason she did that is because they have the belief that Mene, their goddess, the quote-unquote true goddess of the moon, was usurped by Selimene and is quote-unquote dead, but not truly. And so Marana was exiled and is now charged with trying to find the lotuses. And at some point, Fimran is just out in the fields, just fucking her friends. Like, just all into it. Like, they, they weren't even, like, saying, oh, it's, you know, they're kind of, like, romanticists. No, they just got all huddled up together and just started making out. Like, yep, we're going to do this. This is how we worship. It's pretty great. They're just like, hey, at least you worship. We haven't done it in a while. I'm like, you're right. And then the clothes come off. And it's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is why we've gotten to the point of like what, what what do they do for protection you know or do they just kind of like use the very will of like say their belief to just not have babies yet I, one wonders is it is it magic or is it just like eh it's probably not gonna happen or if it does it'll just be a blessing then it's hard to say because like we know that Davion has gotten around. Like at some point we see him like you know in in the afterglow of sex in the morning afterwards, 
And he's also met a number of like his female compatriots that he's met from time to time around the city while he's adventuring to get some of his gear. So like we know he does. I don't know how he avoids having kids. I'm just gonna assume that there's some kind of dragon's hidden condom. I'm just gonna go with that. It seems like it works. Or is it like a secret passive of all these heroes to pull out? The <laughs> most powerful pull out. It might be. Me personally, at least when it comes to like say Marana and like who, as far as we know, hasn't had sex yet with Davion. But certainly seems overtly open to it. But I believe that anyone who worships Moon Goddess, odds are the Moon Goddess just doesn't believe in children. Because Selimani certainly doesn't care about them. <laughs> <laughs> Selimani doesn't give a fuck about children. Fuck these kids, Selimani. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, either way, in this world, Selimani is a goddess that we actually get to heavily interact with. Like, it, it's one of those instances where, like, you know, in Pathfinder, like, you figure to say, you know, some character's gonna make atheists in a world where gods demonstrably exist. I find it so much harder to be an atheist in a world where, like, if you go to their temple, they can punch you in your mouth and say, how dare you? Yes, they just apparate down. They're like, hey, what's going on? Why have you been worshipping hard there? Like, it, it's very direct. <laughs> and Salamene, she seems to be a goddess that is villainous, despite, like, say, her initial presence of trying to fix and heal people. Um, pretty much her entire deal is like, what, worship me, love me, and I'll do with you as I will? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the good stuff, but the main point is that you should worship me and love me. Mm-hmm. And at some point, like, conflict is like where, like, a lot of the elves... Huh? And fuck the elves. And fuck the elves. Mm -hmm. Well, she's also kind of worshipped by elves, but the only two humans that do actually worship her that we know of is Morana and Luna. Isn't that aren't all the random soldiers humans? No, they're elves. Really? Yeah. Huh. Like I initially was trying to figure that out, but when I started looking in, like, yeah, almost everyone else has uh are elves. Um Interesting. Yeah, like funny enough, like um I believe that I may have maybe assuming, but I think like even the lore in like the Dota 2 game for Marana, I think Marana's may have stayed the same, but Luna's slightly changed. Where, like, they explain that, like, Luna was basically a mercenary prior, and then that basically at some point, like, she had lost her clan, and then she was, like, starving, found some random animal in the woods, started hunting it, and, like, couldn't catch it, but kept pursuing it, and eventually made her way to, like, the Silvanite Woods, and it turns out she was actually doing the rites and rituals to become, like, say, one of, like, uh, Salomene's chosen. Huh. Yeah. Fair enough. Also, nice update. And does any of that explain why she uses that fucking dumbass glaive? No, she was using that beforehand. Alright, maybe that's why her clan died out. <laughs> she considered that? That someone who had a sword probably defeated her whole clan? I mean, you say that, but honestly, each time I see her use that glaive, she fucks people up. <laughs> it's very impressive to see her use it, I'm not gonna lie. I wouldn't really have a direct response to someone saw that shit at me, but... I feel like the second time I would. I'd be like, what are you doing? Uh, so, like, Luna, a character who essentially is, like, uh, the new stand-in, or not stand-in, but at least, like, say, the new head worship, or at least, like, the head militant guard um, under Salamene, to where I think, like, uh, Marana used to be a priestess, but, like, Luna is, like, her head of captain. Like, she's putting a lot of confidence into her now. Princess. Not exactly clear why, but Marana was her princess. Marana was a princess before joining them, so she just kind of kept the title. 
Nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would want to keep the title. I mean, she keeps wearing the crown, so I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was hard for me not to think of that as sad at a certain point. Like, I get it, but I guess kind of, not really, but... I don't know. Just seeing this person is in the middle of a bar where everyone else is just like sad and living their shitty life or whatever, and this one person's wearing a circlet. Like, no, I'm still a princess. Like, are you? It's funny because like when we first see like her, like that's the exact scenario, and then she goes up to order her drinks, and she doesn't order like, can I have a beer? No. She's like, can I have like say an ice rack white, some kind of like high class alcohol? Like, no. We have beer. Here you go. It's warm. It's beer. It tastes horrible. It's beer. <laughs> yes. You just continue to describe the drink that you already paid for, lady. You want more? You want to leave me alone? What's up? Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, yeah, if we're going, like, following chronologically, like, we pretty much follow Davion after he gets the whole entire, uh, initially kills a dragon that, like, they were hunting, meets Marana. He reveals that, like, you know, he's part of Order of Dragonites who are, like, for real. Which, God, they made them so, sound so much cooler than what you initially thought they would have been in the game. Yeah. When you, I don't know. When you hear Dragonite, I wasn't really sure. I kind of thought he was the one. Or maybe just, like, they did something or another. But they're like, mm-hmm. no. All these people sort of gathered together and just go hunt dragons. And he's just one of them who likes to hunt dragons because he's really mad at them. Like... I don't want to keep doing like a direct comparison to Castlevania, but like Davin is practically almost like a one to one to like Trevor Bailbomb. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you're part of a family or not family, part of an order that hunts a specific thing, and like they make their weapons out of the dragons and like their armor out of dragon skins, and they that's their job. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like Davion and like Trevor definitely are no way different. Like they're unique, but. I could see them both at a bar having a drinking contest. Absolutely. They're similar enough where you can see. Yeah. 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 But meets Marana, and then Marana's like on her way to try and figure out like a deal to figure out what uh, stolen lotuses are. And then he gets his entire transformation to becoming like Slipnir of the Dragon Knight. He's more or less cursed, possessed. Yeah, somewhere across between the two. Um, because it doesn't, it's interesting, because it doesn't necessarily seem like Slyrak has his own consciousness fully, but sometimes he completely kicks Davion out, and it is just Slyrak, only Slyrak. Yeah, like, either way, Slyrak is either dominant or is competing for, uh, at least, like, presence in the conscious world. Mm-hmm. To which, like, there are two stages. One is the mixture of the two, which honestly looks like... <laughs> Didn't you say they look like Devilman, more or yeah. less? Like, they have the half formation, which is, like, it's kind of a Devilman-like form, which Davion can maintain control, but, like, there's definitely a presence of Slyrak, and, like, he's got that regeneration. And then there's, like, if Slyrak takes full domination, it's just Slyrak. It's just full-on giant dragon. It's just full-on dragon, which, honestly, I prefer one or the other. I I like a lot of in-between cool hybrid forms. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite. His in-between isn't great. Like, I was expecting it to look a little bit more like it does in the game. Which, seeing what Slyrak actually is, is like a giant dragon. It's like, okay, in the game that must be a half transformation. Because, like, Slyrak is like, if you were playing that, he'd be 
for game mechanics, you could say that he's like Roshan size, but he's honestly bigger than Roshan. Yeah, he'd be huge. Ooh, to see him on the Dota map, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty cool. So he would be. I don't know. But uh, in the meantime, he eventually ends up like being found in the forest unconscious by Marana, who seems to have taken pity on him, but also kind of something's wrong with them, and they start becoming travel companions. And they just happen to have to be going in the same direction, to which eventually Damian re- realizes what his ailment is. And Marana, like, is like, alright, I have pity on you, but also, you're pretty canny in a fight, and, like, you're honest, and, like, you're not doing the dumb thing where it's, like, you're hiding stupid shit. Like, they have a healthy relationship, which I am so happy for. They do. They talk about things. They try to be, they're, they're honest to one another. Mm-hmm. It's nice and refreshing. Like, even in the moment where they had, like, a slight dispute or, like, spat, then Murano eventually talks to Marcy, like, no, no, you're right. I'll go and talk to Devin again in the morning. He, he'll listen, and we'll basically get through this. Like, oh my god. How do you know what a relationship's supposed to be like, guys? You did the right thing for once. Riders did the right thing in a relationship. As opposed to what would happen in another series where, like, she would run off, and then he'd be like, I have to tell her this thing! And she'd be like, I can't tell him. And then some stupid adventure later, and then they tell him. Like, I... I've seen it so many times. We all have. I just, the idea pains me. It makes me tired. I think we're all getting just a little bit, I mean, I know I'm a little bit old for that, but I think everyone's getting a little too emotionally intelligent for that. Maybe we can just, like, have conversations. Mm-hmm. Even in shows, maybe the major source of conflict doesn't have to be the inability to have a simple conversation about one's feelings. It doesn't. And funny enough, it's kind of like, based on all the shows we've seen as of now, like, no one is against, like, no one is, like, not going to be entertained by, like, seeing people have an actual conversation and talk it out, while then having the real conflict be, like, well, did you survive, like, the dirge? Speaking of which, there's also, like, just some instances where we see, like, some creatures drive driven insane to the point of becoming, like, flesh-eating things where they'll even eat each other. I'm not sure what that is as of yet. Unclear. It's, like... My initial uh, expectation is that, oh, it's the Dirge, which, like, in the series is, like, where Undying comes from, and, like, is the Undead God's army. But, they have a very explicit and obvious color. It's, like, a sickly green. Yep. And, like, the creatures in this one are all red. So, like, well, they have an overtly red light with, like, some rock somewhere emanating. Yeah, it's not really clear what that is yet. I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Go ahead. I guess in the summation, because I wanted to get to my boy Carl. But in terms of the world building, we world building, not building. We do get to see just a bit more of how things sort of piece together between the Dragon Knights going around doing their adventures, people in the woods having various factions. Like some of them are part of a religious cult. Order. Order. Like I've. It's a weird thing, because, like, have you ever, like, been able to say exactly what makes, like, a religion distinct from a cult? Uh, branding? Eh. Like, I, I don't even say this as a way to try and insult anyone who is religious, but it's, like, more or less a lot of the practice, practices of, like, say, one can bleed into the other, and it's, like, if you were to say, like, well, you know, cults are manipulative. Well, I mean, we've seen plenty of televangelists who are taking advantage of their people repeatedly, pull in money, and tell them to believe crazy things. Like, say that one televangelist who supported Trump. I don't remember her name, but I also don't really want to, to really know her name. 
Which one? Uh, it was a blonde woman. She was like um, supporting Trump. She uh, did like a national prayer. Uh, what was her name? Sad. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like no one really knew who she was until that point, or at least like she wasn't like say uh, commercially known. Hmm. Is what I'll say. I I can't lust the energy for them. I. Yeah, no, just not gonna go back. But I will say, you know, according to diction, you know, the dictionary on Google, uh huh, a cult is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object, or a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. And the thing is, I think part of the thing that differentiates one from the other could be wrong folks that don't pre-disagree is the amount of people you have. So like when you have a small amount of people, you're a cult. And when you have a bunch of people and you get tax exempt, you're a religion. So basically just size and optics? Yes. Oh, yeah. Christianity was totally a cult like during all the Bible times. But we don't gotta, you know, super go there. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess because Salamani, it's hard to say where she lands, because like, it seems like she has like a really strong following to the point, like, again, we saw the size of their army, so I mean, like, it's not small, but we also didn't see any other organized force. There's also that. In either case, like, we also know that elves are all around to the point that they were able to teleport, like, factions of their army to different places, so hard to say. Uh, until we see, like, another religious group in, like, say, the Dodo world. For now, I'm going to say they're religion. Alright. I tend to call most things in fantasies, like, I just call them all cults until one of them appears inside a building. Which is... They did have a building, though. They did totally have a building. So, yeah. Uh, so that's probably Eurocentric and, like, racist of me anyway. But, yeah. Eh, at least, like, a significantly sized cult had. But in this case... <laughs> In this case, their god, you know, their god is mm-hmm. literally beaming down and yelling at them. So, <laughs> that's fine. They can be whatever they want to be. The additional funny thing. You remember that old woman in the latter one? It's towards the end? Who afterwards was like, Bleh. Oh, yeah. She had a pulpit. Oh, yeah, she yeah. did. Fair enough. By optics, Selimane is a religion. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she did it. <laughs> oh, God. But as, like, the branching thing, we eventually see Fimrin and, like, have a flashback where it's just show her stealing the initial lotuses. And the reason that she did it was the hopes of trying to bring back Mane. They're dead goggles. So, maybe they're the cult. They definitely are. So, like, uh, as a result, Luna is sent to find them. And, <sighs> me, I enjoyed Luna in these games. Don't get me wrong, I'm also a person who likes to play Luna, specifically Magic Luna and Mid and whatnot, and all I know is that this show justified me doing it. <laughs> but she comes in real hard, and she comes in as the buff lady, to which I'm waiting for the porn. I don't care who it is, who draws it, you do it, I want it. It's only a matter of time, but she comes in and comes on strong, and um, uh, uh, and runs almost directly immediately into our elven party and then knocks them down like a set of tin bags. Yeah, it's 
Luna basically was able to gank Fimra and was like, I'm going to hold you at death point. You're going to tell me what the flowers are. At this point in time, I'm trying to figure how did she lose them? Like, I'm trying to remember who grabbed them. Oh, that, I know. That's the way that we can actually link to our boy Carl. Um, Fimrin was able to get the flowers, and apparently she was supposed to go to some sage that would help them figure out how to figure out to find Mayne. And that's when they find Carl. The most, for the entire series, no one refers to him that he gave up his name. He's sim- simply the Invoker. For a second, I thought you were going to say he's the Sim. <laughs> <laughs> enough about that story. I mean, kind of. <laughs> Invoker, his bit in here is that he once loved Salamene more than anyone, I guess. Yeah. I like, mean, more literally than anyone. Yes. Like, now for everyone who's into the lore, it turns out Invoker was so baller that he was fucking a goddess. That's what's happening. That's the lore. It's <laughs> official. <laughs> but I'm waiting for Indota at some point that he, like, if Oka just walks up to either Murano or, like, say, Luna and says, like, so, I fucked your god. Or, like, say, so, it turns out gods don't have a morning after pill. <laughs> Is this, like, a religious, like, issue? Do you pray to me also? Oh, but no, he has a specific spot. Remember, like, he's the invoker, the bringer of end times. Oh, yeah, they call him the devil. <laughs> he's the devil of their religion because he's their goddess's ex, which is... <laughs> <laughs> so, either way, they bring, like, a lotus to um, invoke with the expectation that he will somehow help them and explains that that's not my part. I have no intention of doing that. You guys can kind of go. I will take the lotuses, though. He kept on lotuses. So then Luna finds them. She says, give me the lotuses. I don't have them. You're lying. Give me the lotuses. I don't have them. And then every elf in turn, one by one, goes for a gun. Metaphorically. <laughs> and Luna shoots them all. <laughs> it, it's like when it happens, like if we're using the metaphor of a gun, it's kind of like everyone tried to beat her in a quick draw. And she's like, my gun's already pulled out. I'm already pointing it. You're not going to quick draw me. It's just that scene from Dirty Harry where it just like he clearly already has the gun on him, and the last moment each and every one of them is just like I'm just gonna go, and then she fucking destroys them. Mm-hmm. With that big ass glaive. Mm-hmm. Like don't be wrong. When we say glaive, because I know like technically speaking, if you were to look at the traditional one, the idea is supposed to be something circular. It's really just more like two curved blades that just be, they're like fan blades, two big fan blades that just somehow boomerang back. Yeah, it's you gotta look at Luna's blade, otherwise you don't really understand what we're talking about. You might be thinking of yeah, either a circular weapon or even just like sort of the big old blade attached to the pole. Either of those. But that's not her blade. Nope. Her blade is like a Darth Maul thing with fan blades. Yeah. In fact, it's like the Inquisitor's lightsaber thing, more or less. Yeah. And she just throws it and it just comes back. Sure does. Point being is that each time she uses it, she murders someone. Yes. And so, uh, before Firmin is about to be taken down, despite the fact that she revealed that she has the ability to teleport, to transform her image, to also... I'll say blink. Blink, for the sake of Dota turns. She can blink, she can transform her image, she can make uh, illusion copies. She just froze up and was about to die, if not for our boy Carl, just pulling her back into the tower. His tower, which is invisible. Yes. Totally invis. Completely invisible. It's just in this big old valley where you can't see anything in it 
unless you already know it's there and pretty much mm. or have a magical gem. Pretty much. So at some point, he pretty much just like houses Fimrin until eventually that say Dragonite and Verona make their way there because uh, they were given a tip about him also being some kind of benefactor or something to that effect. Yeah, Murata was led to believe that he might have answers or might be able to help her in her quest to find the lotuses. Mm-hmm. Either way, Invoker has a high status in this world, doesn't want to be found, and so people who do find him, he's first like, so how'd you find this place? Okay, maybe or maybe not, I won't help you. It seems that he's been kind of hanging out in isolation for a thousand years. Seems like it. They also happen to mention like the notion of, like say, the shopkeeper's code, which in the Dota world, no one killed a shopkeeper, and the one person who did kill a shopkeeper was Roshan. So? And the shopkeeper exists and appears in the show, so that's fun. Yeah, in a slightly less, well, notably less offensive form. Yes. Ah. But, like, point being is that they definitely pulled a lot of things from the Dota game and actually made it, like, a working facet in the world that didn't feel like they had to cram it in there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely some effort. Mm-hmm. There's lots of Dota lore. Some of it's very weird and fantastical. But yeah, they it seemingly fit together pretty well. So the party makes their way there, and well, at that point, Marana, and Davion, and uh, Marcy. Marcy. So many M's. Uh, Just remember Marcy from uh, Adventure Time. Yeah, that's what I was starting to. Um, they bump into Invoker, and well, he sort of gets the band together. He's like, hey, I know you all hate each other for very obvious and clear reasons, but I don't care. Because it has nothing to do with me, the Invoker. And then he puts them on a mission. Yeah. He also, I went, I'm trying to figure out whether or not he is necessarily the person who helped jettison the war, because he's technically not the origin, necessarily, but he's definitely the provoker of conflict of Salamani against, like, say, the elves. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. Because he he goes right to Selimene and is like, hey, I have something that you sure would like to have. These magical lotuses that are also part of your soul and also your power. And she's not very happy about that. And then he just sort of intimates that the elves are unhappy with her because she's been shitty to them. Selimene takes that as the elves are you know, getting ready to rise up and do their prophecy to overthrow her. So she goes out to genocide her, or else. Mm-hmm. And in like sending like people out to genocide the elves, this is kind of like where you see a lot of like Luna's like story in this. Uh, well, Luna's part in the story, where like she reveals that like say she's not necessarily a villain, I would say, or at the very least like not like a not a bloodlusting one. In that she is a character who is directly confronting her god and is explicitly being told what orders to do. And Selimani did help her get back on her feet and actually restore her. And again, Selimani's image to her worshippers is to be like a goddess of like forgiveness, healing, and whatnot. So in her heart, she's doing the right thing. And at some point, she even has like a point of like contemplation. Like, I don't want to be like, say, the bloodlust uh, kind of killer I used to be. I want to be a better person. And Selimane is like, I chose you, because you'll do the thing that no one else will. You do what must be done. And, like, Selimane is like, are, are you telling her to go murder? It sounds like you're telling her to go murder. She, Selimane clearly tells Luna, pretty much just tells her to be the worst version of herself, and then braids her for being bad and making her religion look bad. Yeah, it's like, like, 
I will say I have a bias because I like playing as like Ludo in my fashion. Mm-hmm. But like I really do feel bad with this character who's like it's hard to not do what you're demonstrably real god who literally comes and manifests himself in front of you to go do what you're supposed to do. And like if they were your savior at some point, it's hard to go against it. And each time you have a point of doubt, they're literally telling you do it anyway. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> the that is a specific set of circumstances where like if anyone said that, like, if true, even if you just believe it to be true, that's pretty compelling. It's like, sorry, my deity person came down and told me to do this. And it's like, when I voiced my objections, they were like, it's okay. I got you. Me, your god. Yeah. So I definitely say, like, almost every character in here has, like, an entire interesting, like, tug at them. Because even, like, Davion, like, he starts learning about the dragons, and, like, apparently there are eight type of dragons. And specifically, there were, like, eight Eldworms, each one representing, like, say, the four elements and then the four fundamental bases of the universe. I'm still not 100% sure of what all of them are. I just know what the elements are. There is fire, wind, earth, and I'm trying to figure out the fourth one is storm or whatnot. I think so. Which, storm seems to represent, like, say, water, ice, and, I guess, electricity or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think they definitely do a good job, like, building up the of sort of Davion's order and the lore of the dragons. Mm-hmm. I will say that Davion's like actual motivation, uh, vis-a-vis going back to the Dragon Knights, a little bit weak. I mean, the first. Go ahead. No, when you say weak, do you mean like say the first or the second time he went back? I mean, I guess I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, technically, the second time he didn't really make a choice to go back. True, but uh, the first time when. He was just thinking, you know, I've got this evil, like, curse, essentially a dragon inside of me. I should just go tell the Dragon Knights. It seemed like he thought better of that within, like, a day, but just didn't really have that conversation with anyone. That's, like, the one bit of conversation that never really occurred, is that he was in a position to know how awful of an idea it was. Mm -hmm. And he just hadn't really sold it until they were there and he was getting tortured, pretty much. Yeah, so at least, like, when we see him go back to, like, his orders, like, it's just him at the time, but he had sent, like, his squire to get word. And, like, the one Dragonite he meets here seems to be, like, say, the Dragonite, the guy who killed all eight types. Uh, to put the remaining ones, I know there's light, and I'm assuming darkness, specifically from that one, like, Dragonite of Murder Boner. Yeah. It's the last two I can't quite place. He's, well, I mean, the Super Knight definitely... I believe he referred to a chaos armor he was wearing. I don't know if it was chaos dragon, but he sure seems to oh, yeah, chaos say actually, he was. Yeah, chaos actually is one of the elf fundamental aspects of the horse, because that's what chaos knight represents. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so chaos, probably not light per se, it's probably more like order. Mm-hmm. So that's two of them. I just don't know what the last two fundamental bases are. But either way, not as important a thing to go into. We just know that... um. That like the one the one dragon I there whose name I forget. Uh I'll come back. But either way, like he did realize that he had an entire backstory that incorporated um now I'm just saying Slipnir, that's not his name. Slyra. Slyrak. They have history and it's he was willing to torture Davion to basically deal with Slyrak. So it seems like the dragons are kind of like not in any moral good stance, they seem to be like fully neutral. I will say that some of them things like, ah, oh, screw you, human, why do you kill us? Be- because you kill us. Yeah. 
we're killing you back because you kill us in droves for no reason. <laughs> yep. That it, they didn't seem to really empathize with humans at all, which I guess is. Really... I'm not saying that they empathize, but I'm asking you guys like, don't be hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you kill us dragons? Like you, dragons kill humans all the time. Yeah. Either way, the dragons are assholes. This is pretty much the gist of it. Like, God, they just really just, like, shot entire, like, splatter of war on, like, everybody. Yes. We learn a lot about a lot. Mm-hmm. Except what the bounds of Invoker's magic are. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? At some point, we just know that Invoker is a character who is so heavily revered by the entire world at the time that he, we know that he was, like, the Sorcerer Supreme or whatever the name is, and then just decided, well, I'm just gonna go do my own thing, was able to... Screw a goddess to which at some point she wanted him to worship her and he said no. But then they had... Hmm. You know what? I might leave that for them to figure out in the show. Yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah. Either way, Invoker has beef with Salamene. Major beef. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if they were able to do that, and even that one even that one season, the fact they were able to do so much with, let's see here, Dragonite, or I don't know, the Blue Terror Blade and Luna. Can I say it No, Invoker. At least like five good characters, and then extended onto that, we have Marcy. Uh, new character, Femrin. Mm-hmm. And whatever the dude's name is, that is like the head of like the Dragon Knights. Oh, yeah. Like, that's definitely a lot they did for like those characters that like. For the if they do get a confirmed second season, which at this point they should, because like why would you not? It's pretty good. I want to know if they're just gonna follow the same characters, because I would much rather them like say still kind of continue their stories, but let it be like a tail end of like someone else's. Because like, how many characters in Dota are there? Like, well over a hundred. Let's see here. How many characters in Dota? How many characters in Dota Two? This is that kind of up to the minute research you can expect here. Podcast. 120 characters. Look at that. 120. So, I mean, like, there's so many they can do work with. We also got to see some species of other creatures. Like, we saw whatever species that, uh, Bounty Hunters. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. Um, and even the opening cinematic that showed us Oracle and showed us silhouettes of a number of characters, which I figured they were just going to sweep under the rug and try to hide for later. Seems like it. But, like, whew. And we know that if we see either like Lean or Crystal Maiden, the other one's coming in. There's, there's no way you can't do both. No. But they could probably also get Wonder Wyvern at the same time. It does seem like that, considering like. All the elemental people in one group thing. Could be. Because I mean, like, there's also this, the, uh, the spirits that we should also expect to see at some point. Mm-hmm. I definitely do. But yeah. Even just seeing an illusion hero in one of these would be very interesting. Or the anti-mage. It would be nice to see the anti-mage at some point. Like, there are a number of characters who definitely feel like they can come in with, like, main character status. Absolutely. It would be fascinating to see their stories or even just see them, like, appear in the world. Mm-hmm. Caden, that's his name. That's it. Yeah. I want to call him Lord Edge. I mean, he kind of is. He feels like he's... He feels like some war vet who watched a lot of, like, say, uh, Game of Thrones and then changed his wardrobe. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah. 
Either way, I would definitely say it's definitely a good show. Like, really want to see it next season. And like with that said, we can move to the RPG portion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll be using first edition for this one. Some of the characters are a lot easier. Uh, some characters probably won't be able to get the full thing, but like, I'm just going to say we already agree that Invoker's a wizard. He's, he's just call level 20. Just, just go ahead and do that. We can just move that to the side. We did it. He okay. probably has uh, mythic levels. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I probably, come on. Come on. Go yeah. to the Irish Mage Path. It's pretty cool. But, uh, let's see. Well, I guess we can talk about Davion, who is very much clearly a fighter. He's a fighter. But certainly a high level one would have been interesting to me, considering that he was able to fight out Earth Dragon on his own. Absolutely. Uh, dragons in Pathfinder and Fantasy are typically some of the more powerful creatures, so just being someone who hunts them at all, especially typically fights them alone, very mm. impressive. Yeah, but he straight up fought the dragon on his own with enough of a setup. So, um, I would say, at least for his build, it's pretty open. I would basically say just make sure that he has endurance and make sure he has some gear, but like, quite frankly, you can remake a lot of it. So personally, I wouldn't really be too, I guess, um, rigid on, like, say, how someone would make his character in the, in the um, Pathfinder format. I think there's many ways you could make him. I mean, the main idea being that you can fight dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could even probably get away with making him maybe... Well, I think fighter works best. Uh, but I think you could also try to get away with maybe cavalry or something with the challenge aspect, because oftentimes we're only fighting one or two people at once. You could do that. It doesn't do too hot against that group of humans. He also only had like a single like dagger and didn't have his armor. All true. Yeah. He's definitely a heavy armor guy, and one e that matters a lot. Mm-hmm. Like armor training out the ass is what he's got, and like him without his armor, still a competent fighter. Not necessarily fighting an entire group of thugs, and like some of them came on mounts. No, they all came on mounts, and clearly the thugs were uh, well revered within the city that he was in at the time. But nonetheless, like. Mm-hmm. I could comfortably, like, say, at the very least, level 12. But I'm trying to figure, like, what is, like, say, fighting level for against dragons? Well, uh, funnily you should ask. Adult dragons, and dragons typically change in the difficulty to fight as they age up. From wormlings all the way to great worms uh, by the Pathfinder system. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a young dragon's around... Let's see. Oh. I've got an adult dragon is approximately CR-14, subject of party of four, four level 14s to easily beat it. Maybe one level 15 to beat it. Yeah, I could easily put him up to 15. Like, 12 is just, like, say, low-balling him to see where he can, like, scale up to. Because, like, he's not necessarily level 20, but, I mean, like, specifically because we saw Caden. Yes. <laughs> but, like, he's certainly up there, and as far as I know, he's killed five of, like, say, the dragon types. To which we know he fought fire. I know he fought against Earth because we saw him do it. Probably fought against air since he knew a decent amount about them. So I'm going to make a solid guess that he's probably fought all the elemental types. I would believe that. And Grey Worms are CR 22. And that's where. Gosh uh, damn it, I keep thinking of Slipdinger and that's not. Slyrex. Slyrex is clearly that. Mm-hmm. 
So certainly at least like level 15, to which like say he has bonus bravery feet. Sorry, bonus feet, and he also gets bravery four, which yes, he obviously has bravery. Certainly has armor training. And you could probably like mix and match for whatever kind of like feats you want on him from his bonus feats. Past that, uh, since he has like a portion of his ability that transforms him into a dragon, that's where like say it's a little bit hazy to say, because like there is a portion like you had mentioned, like say you could just have it the GM where he just like shifts to another form where mm-hmm. he's possessed. You had mentioned like what the magic jar? I had mentioned the magic jar spell, uh, just the idea of him being elsewhere mm-hmm. at the time, or even just possession and some form of will saves. Uh, to either maintain some some type of control or versus just sort of becoming out of control for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Kind of almost akin to uh, lycanthropy. Yeah. So like, there's definitely that. Um, another thing you could do for the sake of the argument is like say when he's succumbing to a curse that's, you know, custom made, you can certainly say like you might just take on changer levels but he has to act on a certain way or something like that. There's ways you can play around it. There is. And, you know, I wish I thought about lycanthropy earlier, because that's a probably pretty good uh, system for just, you know, sort of force change. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's different ways you can simulate it. It's working with the GM. Yeah. And past that... Do, 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 do. Is there anything else I really need to cover on damage? It's like, honestly, he's a really straightforward character. He is. What would you say for Alan? Oh, him awful good, easy. Yeah. I mean, like, he has fun, clearly. Like, he's not to the point to where, like, he's like, no fun allowed, no drinking. <laughs> like, it, he has fun, but, like, he usually goes for, like, the lawful good answer. Like, even to the point where there was that one elf that was in the bar, which the bar had good reason to not like elves and they were going to murder him. He decided to basically kind of, like, say, I'll beat him up, guys. Trick them to basically get the elf outside and told them to run, which, that's a merciful choice all the way around. Absolutely. So, that definitely makes sense, I that a lot. Uh, and just to go from what I was saying about lycanthropy. By all means. A uh, creature that catches lycanthropy becomes an afflicted lycanthrope but shows no symptoms uh, until the night of the next full moon when the victim involuntarily assumes animal form and forgets his or her own identity. They remain animal form until the next dawn and remember nothing about the entire episode or subsequent episodes unless they succeeded at DC 20 will save. Yeah. That, that would actually just be perfect thing to fit for, just kind of modified to be a dragon guy. Mm-hmm. Except in this is where he turns into, gosh damn it, each time he keeps saying Slapman. Every time! <laughs> Slyrax. Slyrax. Yeah, when he goes, a different seat. Yeah, when he goes to straight up Slyrax. At that point, no, he just is Slyrax. And again, because Caden was actually able to hold his own and even like threaten Slyrax, Caden's level 20. Yep. He, he, undoubtedly. Sure is. Okay. Um, so I guess with that finishing out, like, say, Davion could move to Mirana. Okay. Yeah. And there was definitely some hidden tales on what it was, but I think he probably nailed the best thing for her, which is, like, say that she's a cavalier. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she probably would have been multi-class, like, um, as much as I didn't want to go for it, because it didn't, she doesn't really wear armor, but Paladin definitely feels like it fits a decent amount of what she does. I think so. She's crusading. She's trying to uphold the tenets of a goddess, even though she just temporarily lost her powers because she fucked up. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I'm a detriment on is like, 
Because she rides a mountain, she uses an arrow. Well, I think that Cavalier fits most of what she does, especially with the teamwork feats. Because, like, say, Cavaliers don't really do have an ability to be, like, arches on any mount. There is the alternate class of being a samurai, and I fucking hate samurai. I'm laughing my eyebrows out of books. Just That's, so you know. Uh, so samurai are an alternate class of the cavalier, where, like, cavaliers would end up having, like, say, bonus teamwork fees they can use, which she clearly does, what with, like, Marcy basically setting up, like, say, shots with a whistle. Oh, yeah, that's amazing teamwork. Mm-hmm. Um, samurai actually end up having, like, a, a ability called Mounted Archer, which means that they actually get a... They don't suffer any penalty from firing off a mount. Which, I would much rather just say that Verona is a cavalier who took a feat to be able to fire from mount back because she fits the cavalier better. Gosh damn it. I know you want that. But this is the only ability for that. I'll say these are the two options. Like, say, finagle it from Cavalier class, but if you're gonna be shitty, pick the fucking samurai. God, I hate them. <sighs> At least in terms of Cavalier, the main thing is, like, since, like, she, I would definitely say she's a multi-class, it's a question of how many points of Cavalier does she have versus how many points does she have in, say, power. So I can definitely say she is more than capable in combat. I don't think she's necessarily as strong as like a fighter as like say um, Davion. In that she's definitely arrow dependent, and I'm not entirely sure how well she would hold her own against like say um, multiple dragons if it was just her with Marcy, no problem. But without Marcy, she holds her own against Slyrak. She was able to live against my record. She was able to live, which is an accomplishment. No, it is an accomplishment. I'm not necessarily trying to downgrade her, because, like, I would say with her paladin levels, she's certainly, like, say, the same level as, like, Davion, but, like, having literally lost her powers is cut. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because, like, we definitely see at some point, like, what happens to a character when, like, they're deprived of, like, say, some of their abilities. And, like, it is a notable chip off there. So I'd say, like, at her full strength, Easy L15, no question, because like we've seen what her abilities are. Mm-hmm. But without it, the question is where would she be in terms of like say Cavalier and how much would you say she's relying on Paladin wise? Huh. Maybe 10 and 5? Possibly, because I know we looked a little bit at some of the um, spells from the Paladin and there was like two that seemed like it would actually work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that you suggested, I forgot what its name was. Uh, was it like Dead Eye Arrow? I believe actually, yeah, I want to say it was Dead Eye Arrow. Do, 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 do. But like for that spell, like I believe it's like say you end up firing up like an arrow of, of like charged energy, and then afterwards it ends up landing back down on the ground and hitting your opponents. Yep, Dead Eye's arrow. And that's a level two paladin spell. So for her to get access to that, she has to at least be... Whereas Aaron's level 1 power. True, but to get to a 1st level spell, she has to have at least 5th level. 5th level for a 4th and 1st level spell? Yep. Oh, that was 4. No, what... Well, it's weird, because like when they say spells per day, it says 0 at level 4, which is like, what does that mean? Oh, that means if you have an extra... Uh, enough of a high modifier and that and whatever your spellcasting ability score is, in this case charisma, <laughs> you still get the extra bonus spell. So as long as she had a charisma that would at least get like damage like fourteen to 
killing yourself. She would get one skill. Okay. She might get an extra one with Tyler. I can definitely say that she's certainly a character who has like strong charisma levels, like both she and Marcy. Like between the diplomacy that say that um is able to use when it comes to negotiating between either other people or even like say um what is a middleman? This wasn't was the more formal name for a middleman. Hmm. A liaison? Liaison. Like between that and then being able to be reasonable to talk with like Daviana and even like Invoker at the point. Like she has it, so I can say that she's likely someone who's able to grab it at level four then. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. But like there was another spell I saw. Oh, I believe it was a higher level one. But either way we'll get to at some point I'll find it and get to that. But either way, like we can say at the very least could take on four levels from Paladin, but I wouldn't say that five would be a bad point to go to just to be like formally in there. Mm-hmm. Plus, like she technically has like two different spells that game wise, she has two spells that she's notably well three actually. Huh. I don't know how to do do that third one where she makes her own those invis, but in the show she doesn't do that, so we don't have to worry about it. Well. Hmm. And mass invisibility is a spell. Mm-hmm. How she get it? Who knows? That's for people on the internet to figure out, or us to figure out at a later time. I mean, at the very worst case, like there is level creation that you can do in, like, say, Pathfinder. And spell creation, if I believe the rules entirely, is like typically you'll take, like, say, whatever the level of spell is, and then whatever modifiers you're going to be putting onto it, whether it be mixing a spell into it. You then kind of take that into consideration, and then you weigh a cost that comes out to give you, like, the gist. So there's a way to get there. You just have to use your noggin. Pretty much. Well, so I guess... So we got a level. We got class. We got for alignment. Lawful neutral? Because I do think that she has inherently good intentions, but I don't think she's necessarily as concerned about, like, say, how it looks on its front. Like, she's certainly devout, and there's no way that she's not that. Mm-hmm. But, like, she also serves Seraph Salomene, which I'm not going to call her good. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, that's fair. Arrow of Law. That was the other spell I was hey, looking at. She did try to, like, hit us with a good old Joe Biden. Like, that's not my guy, you know, doing all this terrible stuff. Whew. There is that. It's hard to say because I think, like, comparatively, like, say, Def- the reason why Contrast is to be a lawful neutral than a lawful good is that, like, Davion definitely seems like a character who's willing to look at the best of people at all times. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think, like, as for her, she's very willing to dismiss someone. Yes. So, I could definitely say lawful neutral, but certainly leaving, leaning towards lawful good. And I guess without having, like, say, her paladin levels, we can put her at, say, level 10 for the sake of the argument. Yeah, with some extra abilities but not the full like, yes. 15 abilities. Yeah, like, character as level 15 just doesn't have any of her abilities from the other side, because her god disowned her, and, and paladins don't get like, say, their uh, their blessing, or are able to follow their lieutenant. Do they just, do they still keep their stats in some, like, non like, say? I think they keep essentially the, the very base things, like she'd still have, think, have her BAB. She'd be good at hidden stuff. Yeah, well, she wouldn't have, like, say, Lay on Hands. She'd have no magical abilities. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out, like, what other things that are non-magical would have by that time. 
she wouldn't have our good. She wouldn't have to detect evil or smite evil. That she can call her mount is a blessing in, in and of itself. It is that. Well, if we say that that is cavalier, cavalier then yeah, then she's good. Yeah. It's just that paladin gets me intelligent. It's because you're intelligent now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Like, uh, and then like having Marcy use along with her, which Marcy in her, on her own is certainly a capable character. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that she would be level 15. Only because, like, say, she's very, like, very martial forward. But I don't think she has anything that could basically bust out something as strong as, like, say, killing a dragon. Or, like, say, stuff. She could survive against a dragon, which is, like, the reason, like, I could put her at level 13 or so easily. Yeah, I can see her doing a run, you know, running, doing flips and stuff. I'd say 13, level more. Yeah. Like, the only thing that's not perfect letting me push any further is because, like, I haven't seen her do anything as, like, say, in terms of, like, a feat and not, like, say, ability feats, but, like... We've only seen her fight goons. Yes. Like, if I saw her fight something that was a higher level than a goon, then I could comfortably put her up there. Mm-hmm. No, Monk. Monk. That's what we got to. Yep. I think that. Monk who took a vow of silence. Yes. Ah. Oh, mercy. Comedic gold, that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's comedic time. Yeah. I guess, like, we're in more. She'll get in the pot one day. Now, the only reason I don't necessarily feel as obligated to talk about, like, the monk things by that time is because, like, we still definitely know she can deflect arrows or even a thrown javelin. Uh-huh. But I'm not entirely sure what all of her abilities are entirely. We just know that she knows how to kick ass and hit things. Yes. She has the hands. She's willing to share. Yes. So because, like, her hand-to-hand combat is the reason why it's definitely a monk leaning, but until we see more of, like, what her abilities are, monk is just the safest thing, so we'll probably just go to alignment on that one. Yeah. I don't want to say, I mean, lawful neutral or true neutral? Um, I want to say something that leans... I almost felt even say like either even neutral good comparatively. Yeah, she does seem like she's trying to do good, like trying to do good. Yes, and the fact that I think she's a lot more capable of like expressing her emotions freely, despite like being silent the majority of the time, mm-hmm. and clearly shows affection without disregard, but is also kind of like the conscience that Marada needs from time to time to help her kind of like make what is going to be a better decision. Mm-hmm. So like definitely going to aim for good. The question is whether or not it's lawful or neutral. I would say neutral because it seems more or less she's just kind of following Marana out of duty, but past that, I don't think she's really expressed her own in t- her own desires beyond just kind of helping Marana on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm fine with neutral good. Or lawful good, but I don't know that she necessarily has a code so much as this is my home code. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. So she's a hard one. So it's a neutral good for her. Yeah. yeah. Luna. Luna. So. Do I also just want to call her a cavalier? Because, like, she really does beat ass with, like, a fighter. That's. Hmm. That's a hard one. She could just be a magic fighter. 
She might be a mounted fighter only because I didn't see her mount Nova necessarily do too much, especially not compared to Morana's mount, who was like, I can leap off mountains safely, I know how to intelligently help and save you, but Morana's mount did so much in the series. Yes. Nova's, uh, Nova's mount also looks scary. Does look scary. I'm just not sure if she's as heavily dependent on her mount like, as, like, say, Morana is. Didn't seem like. Because she gets off and just uses the glaive. Yeah. I could easily call Luna like a fighter. Yeah. Cross paladin. Yes. Because, oh. Mm, those powers. Now, for her levels, like, because of, like, how strong her magic was, mm -hmm. I'm willing to say, like, level 16 comparatively. I am too. The only question is just, like, what's the split? Because, like, as a fighter, she's more than competent, but I, because of how strong her like her actual ma magic was at the time, between like just like just devastating armies, I well like an even split or something. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, like Luna definitely has smite evil, or at least what is interpreted as smite evil by her god. Yes, and at least it's because of the devastation of her spell. It's a high level one, but I wasn't able to find a direct comparison, so you might have to do a spell uh, creation on that one. But you'd figure there would at least be like one paladin level, just like just deal X amount of like energy damage to an enemy. You'd think, but you'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. But I can say at least as a fighter. Dev, if you were to say, like, take her uh, paladin levels off and put her next to Davian, I think Davian might be a higher level. In terms of fighting, just because he has to resolve everything with that? I think so. Whereas, like, say, Luna's character in terms of, like, say, combat, like, more than capable, but we did see one particular scene. Yeah, we sure did. And, like, her paladin level, don't get me wrong, I don't definitely couldn't win against her if she had, like, if she keeps both of them at the same time. All that magic? No way. No. No, he couldn't. He doesn't have a thing for that. No. There are very few characters who could have fought against that. Like, Luna at her height, for the majority of the show, is clearly the highest level character of, like, the ones that we've, well, excluding Invoker. Excluding Invoker. <laughs> no, no one really tries to fight Invoker. Oh, shit, I want to see, like, how she does against Caitlyn, though. I'd be curious. I feel like he brings, like, a suit for that, though. He might bring some shit for that. Hmm. I don't know, because of that, like, I might make her a little bit higher level, just because, like, the... Yeah, she's pretty devastating, so, like, just about everyone. Like, I could say even, like, level 18, uh, split out. Yeah, might go with level 18. Because, I mean, like, there really isn't any of the characters, except, except that, like, Caden and Invoker were really come close to the kind of devastation can do in war. And, like, say, when she used her Moonbeam, she devastates many resisting armies, even to the point where she was ambushed. And, like, they killed a lot of our soldiers. Like, oh, shit. Ho no, hold on. I have an answer. I'm going to get back in there. I, just me. I'm going to do it. Didn't they, like, back out and you just see, like, a bunch of boomies coming down from the sky? Oh, yeah. She fucked them up. <laughs> Who would have guessed? She just hits her all just every time. Just do it. Yeah. Like, I'd probably say even, like, without, like, say, her power levels. Without the glaive, I think she might lose in hand-to-hand -hand combat with Marcy. With the glaive, though, I think she'll definitely kill Marcy. Yeah, unfortunately. I don't think she's a very good hand-to-hand -hand fighter, but she doesn't need to be. 
I mean, with the, if you can make, like, say, a big hunk of metal literally come back to you as a boomerang, and it doesn't even look aerodynamic, clearly, you've got something going on there. It's true. Her and the Captain America's. That's America's ass. <laughs> I want to say, like, that's Salamani's ass, but, like, we've seen hers. Yeah. They draw good butts. They do. Yeah. So because of, like, where she stands... Morally. Certainly lawful. It's hard for me to say whether or not she's evil or dutiful. She does evil acts. Lots of them. Mm-hmm. Feeling bad about them, I don't think it absolves her. It doesn't. At the very least, like, probably lawful evil trying to lean towards neutral. Mm-hmm. In fact, yes, it is have to feels like inevitably your alignment is going to be determined by your, like, say, actions, regardless of how you feel about them. I will say it is an unfortunate leaning towards evil because her god told her to do all that stuff. <laughs> it is unfortunate, but, like, it's one of those situations where it seems like the moral thing to do. And we're, we're you know, far afield in moral uh, philosophy, but it seems like the moral thing to do is to, like, leave the church yes is to judge her goddess as being morally bankrupt and to leave the church at least refuse to do those things mm-hmm. and to be involved in like genocide yeah so yeah but she's got my heart <laughs> do you have a great accent oh yeah perfect accent and probably the last character really going to Timberland I don't feel like really trying to figure where, like, Salamani sits, but, I mean, like, y'all got it. From then. We did figure out that her class is definitely what, the Arcane Strixer? Yeah. Which I know a little bit about, but you're the person who introduced it to me. It's a prestige class that actually mixes generally, well, a rogue-type character, so someone has access to sneak attack, and a casting-type character, such as a wizard. It can also be, like, a sorcerer. But the main point is that you have to have a certain amount of proficiency in both. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason that Femur uh, was lucky to be this is because it you know, gives you sort of the ability to blend that roguishness, that sneaking, sneakiness that allows you to steal and save some bonuses. But also lets you blink around and gain access to, well, more powerful physical abilities. And what seems to be uh, a good use of the dimensional agility feat tree. Yeah, at least of her abilities that we see, there were like more or less three we see consistently for ability to blink, for ability. Wait, no, I already have said this earlier. Yeah, but blink, short range, teleport. Um, she can make copies of herself. And, Pretty cool. And can change her appearance. Yeah. So, inevitably, it's like Rogue wouldn't be enough to really describe her, but clear the Rogue's health tendencies. Her magic casting ability, or at least even in those spells, is so extended in such a part of her that. Calling or anything outside of a arcane trickster is just rude. Mm-hmm. The question is, what level would she be? Hmm. In combination, probably like twelve. Okay. Because I'm trying to picture, like, say, the people that she would be able to beat, more or less, in combat. Depowered power. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, like, depowered paladins that are, like, even lost their mount. I mean, I guess. I guess, but, like... No, put her in. (laughs) (sighs) But I guess, like, I'm trying to imagine, like, say, what people she would be able to beat. And clearly, if you get the drop on her or you're able to get, like, say, the first martial hit on her, she kind of has to stop. Because we've seen each time someone was able to basically get her in the get-go... Uh, she couldn't react to it despite having teleportation abilities. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, not a lot of HP, no armor. Pretty much. So, if I had to say putting her next to Marana, I think she would barely edge out Marana in the fight, but she'd have to be using everything she had. Yes. If Marana was at like say her full fifteen status with her paladin abilities, no. No. In fact, she had a run from her the first time we met. <laughs> yes. Though, it does seem like the blinking of the knife use, you can do something. Should be able to do something, but clearly she was a character who didn't have the mind to do that until some point. Until she truly gained the result. Yeah. And, like, I feel like it was like, say, how she fought against Davion, especially after he had the regeneration abilities. He'd be like, well, you hurt me a little bit, but then I punched him real good. Yeah. It, she'd be, if normally, she'd be trying to get through his armor, and she'd be worried about getting hit once. Now, she'd be trying to get through his armor and regeneration and be worried about getting hit once? I don't think so. Yeah. And then I guess, like, trying to think about her against Marcy, which... I don't know, I think Marcy's got really good reactive skills. Mm-hmm. But, like, she's also a character who's explicitly agile. It'd be a good fight. It'd be a good fight. Because, like, at least for, like, say, uh, Femur would be teleporting, trying to cut all the time. I don't think she can do it against a person who's, you know, not static. Probably not nearly so well. Yeah. So, 12 definitely feels, like, comfortable for Femurin. Just because, like, of the feat that you need to do the teleportation. But we also haven't really seen her fight against anyone in particular. Nope. So it's really just an estimation off her magic abilities. Pretty much. But hopefully we'll see one day. Yeah. Alignment, mm-hmm. though. Alignment. Because I want to say... Chaotic. So yeah, chaotic. I'm bound to be neutral. I want to say neutral because, like, despite the fact that she wants to do the good thing, like, there's a notable difference between being chaotic good and chaotic neutral. And that chaotic good is like you're basically trying to do the right thing and you're somewhat concerned about the ramifications, but you're fine with them kind of like going out the door if need be. Which she definitely does when she's like, I'm going to get these lotuses, even if it, oh man, that's a lot of genocide. That's where I think it's chaotic neutral because, like, she didn't really even think of the consequences of stealing the Lotus. She was like, well, get back, Mayne. And she fucked up a lot without thinking about the steps past, like, say, three. In fact, past one. It it seems selfish enough to be chaotic neutral, but she's trying to do it for a good reason. I mean... It's one of those weird times when intentions are kind of important. I want to say intention, but it's like, 
inevitably the elves are kind of doing it for their own like preference of wanting to bring back Mayne. Mm-hmm. Not like say bringing back Mayne will bring peace, or bringing back Mayne will like say stop a disease. It was like we want it real bad because Salamani is a dick. She is a dick though. No, they're right. Salamani is pretty much the whole penis and balls with the entire vinegar on top. But yeah, that, no, that's fair. I can go with the good old chaotic neutral. Yeah. Plus there was also the time that she was literally just like fucking around with like say Davian and Moran just to be a dick. That time? That period. Oh, okay. Right. And then she also sold the lotus the second time. She did do that. And they weren't even mad at her the second time. No, but she did it because, like, it has to mean something. And, like, I'm happy that someone said, like, that's really stupid. <laughs> yes. But also, I think they knew that it only happened because Mariah was dunking on him too hard. After, like, days of her dunking on Mariah. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, of the two, Mariah has... Mariah belongs to a cult that usually fucks over all of the elves. <sighs> Is she, were, were they actively fucking over the elves up until the war? I mean, it didn't seem like the elves were living in great situations. They weren't. And all but of by the cult, choice. Perhaps. But all the culture did seem to know exactly where to go to fuck all of them over. As if they just needed to finish grinding the boot. They did. And clearly Marana didn't want that. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know if you just get to throw down your like priest hat and be like, "What? I don't believe in the stuff anymore." You're still wearing the robe. It's a nice fitting robe. <laughs> it's a three hundred thread count. Like I hear you, but I, it feels like she had a little bit of it coming, and to dunk on what is clearly. Like the saddest person here, I don't know. It seems like punching down. Even if you know you get tired of her punching at you, you know it's still punching up. It's hard for me to really figure out who it is because, like, Fimran, I get it. All the reasons to be angry at Salamani. Marana, you did get her to lose her job. And then when she came out and she didn't even say shit to you until you were fucking with her for like days on end. And then she then, like, released what was basically like the comedic anvil on her. <laughs> I'm not saying Finman fin- fin- doesn't have but a also, point. Hmm. Rana voluntarily lost her job. She just like left because she was like upset. As far as you know, she's quote unquote made a choice. We they didn't really go into details of what that was. They didn't. So unclear. But I get the feeling that she was tossed out of her ear exactly. Not exactly. It's... Fembrin has nowhere to go and no one that cares about her. She didn't know her family was dead. Sorry, her pod was dead. She knew. Oh, Marana didn't know. Yeah, Marana didn't know that her pod was dead. Fair enough. I feel like you could have guessed. <laughs> I mean, as far as she knew, she was. I recognize you. You're the person who stole the lotuses. What, what was happening here? Alright, fine. I'm gonna wait and see what's, what your deal is. 
And she didn't open up until that one campfire night, as so many teens do around a campfire. It's a great place to open up if I tell everyone that your family's dead. Yeah. Plus, you know, like, if she had her pod, she could open up her traditional way. She sure could. <laughs> they all could. Oh. Herman did ask of whether or not, like, say, Marana and Marcy is part of Davion's pod. And he didn't say no, but he also didn't did, did confirm. He was just like, hey, I don't really make those rules, <laughs> but, you know. He didn't say no. All he did was basically keep trying to see if it could happen. <laughs> Saying, like, you know, no, like, I'm not a pod. Like, you know, it's a little bit strange to have more partners than, more than one partner. I mean, sometimes it's fine. Stared over at both of them. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's perfectly cool. In fact, sometimes it's called for. <laughs> Marcy's over there doing the silent spit take. <laughs> yeah, Dad, I just got a case of the shit shut the fucks up. Shit shut the fuck ups. <laughs> I want to say the next day, didn't like Marana say, like, hey, you look like you needed some sleep. Like you could be in a tent. She definitely mentioned it. Yep. But he was so sad because he was dying. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's definitely an opportunity there, but he was just sad. <sighs> oh, yeah. Chaotic neutral for old Finran. Yep. Seems fair. And that should cover everybody that's relevant in the meantime. But you, we don't know the full extent of Terrorblade's ability. Fuck you, Zelamane. Yep. Invoker just throws some high number in it, fits. It's yeah, fine. that's it. 20. <laughs> huh. But yeah, that should be everything. Mm-hmm. Any, any closing things to cover, Morgan? Uh. Well, I hope there's more Dota to talk about, uh, at least the show. Otherwise, we can always you know, chat more about these characters. Hopefully, some of these characters make their way to the game proper, or in the, in the lore, continues to expand. Yeah. There are at least two characters that really should pop in, it being both, like, Caden and Fimran, because they literally showed what Fimran would do. They, they literally showed her abilities. They absolutely did. And Caden would be interesting having another dragon. Yeah. Like, at least with him, it definitely seems like it's not quite a blink, but it would definitely be like a powered dash, mm-hmm. and also like a, a heightened strike that he would have from time to time. I can see that. Yeah, which that was definitely an earth dragon ability. Like, on his sword and he glowed purple. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like it'd be a crit, but it could be anything. Odds are it would probably be either a passive or something akin to, like, a doom void. It would be a modified attack or modified attack modifier. I see. Those would be my guess if it's like they were to pop out. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess some crazy armor. Pretty much. Yeah. Then yeah. Well, I guess beyond that, I guess for plugs. Any plugs you got? Uh watching Invincible on Amazon right now. It's fucking good. There is that. Like the main reason we did Dota over like Invincible is because Amazon gives you all the episodes as opposed to the bullshit of one episode at a time. Netflix, but yes. You said Amazon it gives you all the episodes. Gosh damn it. Netflix gives you all the episodes. But is Invincible on Amazon or Hulu? Invincible's on Amazon. Damn, I really just flipped them. Amazon! Don't do that. Why? 
They drop three episodes and they're one at a time. The one comes out tomorrow. There is that. Well, I say tomorrow, but who knows when this is going to release. The one comes out on Friday. There is that. So, I mean, like, just at least for the next episode. Maybe the Snyder Cut, but like four hours is just such an exhausting thing. Guys, we really keep looking at each other and we're like, we could do the Snyder Cut and then we do anything else. We've done just about everything else. There's a long monologue I can have to talk about it, but I'd rather save it for the time that we finally do this, if we do the Snyder Cut. But gosh damn, that has been the most underwhelming movie to have such a long lead up. Because I haven't heard people say shit about it since it came out. This, like, in fact, there was more talking about its release than the time that it had actually been out. Absolutely. I heard more people talk about it with those, you know, seemingly clearly paid advertisements than I've heard about since then. Uh, but beyond that, you can find me at my usual places. You can find me on Twitter at Team Saderboom or Saderboom, which I more often use the Saderboom one. You can also find me on Twitch under Team Saderboom and also on YouTube on Team Saderboom. But yeah, that seems to be about everything. So keep those dice rolling. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Keep those dice rolling.